0: This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. The man had the perfect last name, Bonaparte. In fact, this particular Bonaparte was the grandnephew of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte. He was U.S. Attorney General Charles Joseph Bonaparte, serving under the administration of Rough Rider and Progressive President Theodore Roosevelt. In 1908, he came to Congress and asked lawmakers to allow for the creation of a national investigative police agency under his command. President Roosevelt directed Bonaparte to create an investigative branch within the U.S. Department of Justice that answered directly to the Attorney General, And no one else. Naturally, this raised some concerns among members of Congress, like Democratic Representative John J. Fitzgerald, who said such an agency would create, quote, a central police or spy system in the federal government, unquote. Republican Representative Walter I. Smith feared the work of the proposed department would degenerate into, quote, a system of espionage, unquote. And so, Congress refused to pass legislation funding Bonaparte's new agency. But when Congress went into recess, Bonaparte used a portion of Justice Department funds already allocated by Congress to create his Bureau of Investigation, later to become the FBI. A lazy Congress just went along. It took 114 years for the fears of Representatives Fitzgerald and Smith to come true. Last Monday, an army of FBI special agents descended on the Florida home of former President Donald Trump. Some of those agents were posted outside Trump's seaside Mar-a-Lago estate with assault weapons, or what President Biden likes to call weapons of war. The kind of weapons Biden prefers remain exclusively in the hands of federal agencies, like the FBI. The raid marks a significant escalation by the Democrat deep state in its war against Trump and his supporters, famously dubbed by Hillary Clinton as the basket of deplorables. A war begun by the FBI through its unwarranted crossfire hurricane spy operation against the Trump 2016 presidential campaign, a counterintelligence caper based on allegations a corrupt FBI knew to be false. In a written statement to the press, President Trump said of the FBI raid, quote, These are dark times for our nation. This unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, unquote. That was the closest Trump has come to officially announcing that he'll seek a second term as president in 2024. The day after the FBI raid, Fox News host Greg Gutfeld observed, So, with the help of the FBI, the Democratic Party just endorsed Donald Trump for president of the United States. It's happening. Yeah, that raid was a real smart move. You want to take a larger-than-life character and make him even larger? You raid his frickin' house. Basically, you just gave Popeye a 55 ounce can of spinach. Because the raid not only angers Republicans, it energizes them. And it energizes Trump. News reports say the FBI raid was in response to Trump's supposed removal of classified documents from the White House. Documents that legal analysts say could have been retrieved by subpoena rather than a heavily armed paramilitary cadre of FBI agents. What's unknown is the contents of the documents. When Trump was still president, he ordered the FBI release previously classified documents pertaining to its infamous crossfire hurricane investigation of him. The FBI disobeyed Trump's direct presidential order. And so, the conservative legal watchdog group Judicial Watch recently filed a Freedom of Information lawsuit against the FBI in federal court to gain access to the agency's declassified Trump-Russia collusion records. According to Judicial Watch President Tom Finten, quote, The Obama-Biden administration and deep state spying on Trump and his associates is the worst government corruption scandal in American history. And to make matters worse, the Biden-DOJ simply refuses to release smoking-gun documents about this corruption that the American people have an absolute right to see, Were all or some of these documents at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate? Is that why the FBI came to fashionable Palm Beach, Florida, with guns drawn, ready to unload? Last January, GOP Senator Ted Cruz asked the FBI's Executive Assistant Director of National Security, Jill Sanborn, if FBI confidential human sources participated in the January 6th Capitol Hill riot, as FBI informants did in a Michigan militia's plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Sanborn refused to answer. She gave the usual excuse that doing so would compromise the sources and methods of her deep state agency. Not only is the FBI immune from presidential orders, It is also free to ignore the Constitutional Oversight Authority of Congress. And now it feels so emboldened, it raids the home of President Trump, going so far as to rifle through the wardrobe of former First Lady Melania Trump. The FBI has become America's Gestapo. Unfortunately, weak-kneed Republicans about to take control of Congress in November will only seek to reform rather than defund and mothball this disgusting affront to American liberty. Americans unfamiliar with their own history associate progressivism with today's Democratic Party, but its original home was the GOP. The FBI is the creation of Republican Progressive President Theodore Roosevelt. It's important to remember that the rhinos of today's GOP are actually antique progressives of the Teddy Roosevelt variety. The 2001 Patriot Act, which allows deep state agencies to collect the digital communications of every single citizen in the so-called land of the free, occurred under the Republican administration of George W. Bush, a man who called his peculiar brand of progressivism compassionate conservatism. The Make America Great Again movement, or MAGA, poses the most potent and credible threat to both Democrat and GOP schools of progressivism in more than a century. That, more than anything, explains why the FBI, the progressive era's Frankenstein monster, came a-knocking at Donald Trump's door. The question is, are you next? It up to the law of unintended consequences. The Internet was supposed to encourage the free flow of information among scientific researchers. Later, Congress saw it as a vehicle to promote the free flow of ideas. But then there was that unintended consequence mentioned earlier. You see, all that free flow of information and ideas allowed smart, informed, and ordinary people to push back against established political and mainstream media narratives by way of blogs, websites, and social media platforms. No one realized the change is about to be unleashed until January 17, 1997. That's when blogger and news aggregator Matt Drudge of the Drudge Report issued a post reporting that President Bill Clinton had an affair with White House intern Monica Lewinsky. But that was the least interesting aspect to the story. It was later learned that Newsweek magazine reporter Michael Isakoff had the story a year earlier, but the publication suppressed it, considering President Clinton's personal picadillos of little importance. And so, citizen journalism had a spectacular debut. When political activist Van Jones served as President Barack Obama's Green Job Czar, TV host Glenn Beck, then with Fox News, exposed Jones's Marxist past in the San Francisco Bay Area. The political furor it caused forced Jones to resign. In an op-ed written for the New York Times, Jones wrote, quote, Anyone with a laptop and flip camera can engineer a fake infovirus and inject it into the body politic. Those with cable TV shows and axes to grind can concoct their own realities. The high standards and wise judgments of people like Walter Cronkite once acted as our national immune system, sapping scandal mongers and quashing wild rumors. As a step toward future democratizing America, we shrunk those old gatekeepers and ended up weakening democracy's defenses. Rapidly developing communication technologies did the rest. Unquote. In that one paragraph, Jones exposed the phony nature of American democracy. That's because a healthy democracy requires an informed electorate. And you can't have informed voters with so-called gatekeepers deciding what Americans can and cannot know. If today's mainstream media is little trusted by the American people, it's because alternative conservative media has expanded the definition of news and, with it, the narrative. Sadly, today's Internet is no longer friendly to alternative narratives, and the old media gatekeepers work hard to discredit their layman competitors as conspiracy-oriented or as fake news. The Department of Homeland Security even established a disinformation governance board to tell the public what is true in the government's view. A process that big tech social media companies began by quashing information that differed from the official government line, whether it was the efficacy of forced quarantines, the usefulness of COVID vaccines and mask mandates in stopping the spread of the disease, and support for the draconian and unconstitutional restrictions imposed on a so-called free people. According to a study by the John Hopkins Institute of Applied Economics, Global Health, and the Study of Business Enterprise, quote, We find no evidence that lockdowns, school closures, border closures, and limiting gatherings have had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality, In other words, the official government line was, generously speaking, wrong. And big tech and government censorship efforts were clearly designed to enforce compliance with that one narrative, wrong though it was. Anyone that strayed from the narrative was accused of spreading deadly misinformation or engaging in conspiracy theories. Without the free flow of information, limited though it is these days, we might never have known how wrong the government was. That means enforcing compliance with official narratives may require a significant advancement in technology as regards the Internet. For that, the government can thank social media giant Facebook, The global social network is creating what's called the Metaverse, a 3D artificial reality accessed via a visual headset connected to an augmented internet. In fact, Facebook's parent company now calls itself Meta in honor of its immersive virtual reality experience, with an emphasis on virtual. It's hyped as a means for users to interact with each other in a more realistic manner and even engage in commerce. But it said this advancement in virtual reality will also advance education in new ways. And no one knows this better than totalitarian China. And when I say education, I mean the re-education of those refusing to accept the government's official narratives. According to Foreign Policy magazine, China is experimenting with a novel tool to propagandize its people. And it's part of the expanding metaverse. Quote, After a cadre dons the Robocop-like headset and opens the bright red guidelines of the Chinese Communist Party, select passages of text come alive. Commands such as, The Party Rules All, burst out, with flowery backgrounds and moving animations to match. The same headset can be used by cadres to see a stern-faced Mao Zedong hologram pop out from his statue and levitate over his living underlings. The virtual leader, rattles off famous quotations in a set rotation. The Chinese Communist Party has a dire need for propaganda that breaks away from the usual insipid formats, Have you noticed that the more technology expands its reach, all in an effort to bring us together, of course, it's also used to track our location, our likes and dislikes, our product preferences, and our political affiliations, It seems the Internet knows far more about us than we know about ourselves, and that knowledge will help government-sanctioned big tech to better hone its propagandistic 3D metaverse narratives. Perhaps it's time free Americans take a break from omnipresent Big Brother Big Tech. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right Podcast. Should you wish to leave a comment, you can reach us at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. It will help promote the podcast and be much appreciated. Until next time, this is Steve Lopez.